the director of the test kitchen said, well, you can come and interview and we'll see if you can be our intern. That was my opportunity. That was my path. And long story short, I flew out to New York and cooked for the test kitchen director and was a wild failure. But I talked my way into getting that opportunity. And she said, yes, you can come and be our intern for a few months. And that's how I started. They ended up hiring me and I became a food editor. Welcome to Keep Going, a podcast from Azuma that shares motivational stories from small business owners. I'm Greg. And I'm Ben. And we're your hosts for this episode. Today, we're talking with Tara, a former magazine food editor who began her own food blog called Tara Teaspoon. Tara, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So Tara, tell us about yourself. Did you always love cooking and and making your own recipes? I actually have always loved cooking and I learned how to make recipes along the way. And I was always in the kitchen with my mom. So they got me an easy bake oven when I was really little and it went from there. I was glued to it and then I graduated to the real oven and I've just always been cooking. Very cool. So it sounds like your mom may have been some of your inspiration. She absolutely was. My mom is an excellent cook. She actually taught home ec back in the day for a few years after her schooling. And so she had that teaching ability. And then at home, she was always making dinner and creating food and a beautiful spread for holidays. And I loved being in the kitchen with her and learning from her. That's great. I just have to settle something here real quick. My wife is a experimental chef. She will take a recipe and then think that she can immediately do it better. And I am very much more like, this is the recipe. Somebody's already worked this out. Like, let's just keep to the recipe. Which camp do you fall into? Are you an experimental or are you a, hey, this is what it says. This is what we're doing. Well, first of all, I really like both your perspectives. (laughs) (laughs) As far as what camp I fall into, I think I'm a little bit in the middle. Perhaps because my profession is creating recipes. I know if I'm cooking someone else's recipe that I want to try how they created it. And so I'll typically follow it. That being said, I create recipes for a living. So oftentimes I'll be inspired by something I eat or a recipe I see and go off the rails and create my own. So I'm kind of right in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. All right. Did your passion for cooking lead you into an educational route? Did you go to school, you know, culinary school and and all of that? It did. And I, I fell into what I do in a bit of a roundabout way. As far as schooling, I love to cook. And so when it came time to go to college and figure out what classes to take and what to major in, my parents were very wise. They said, what do you enjoy doing? Because what you study in the profession that you go into will be your career, most likely. And one of the things I loved was cooking. So I thought, how can I get an education touching in that area? So I started studying food science. If you know anything about food science, it's pretty much just chemistry. And I did not do well in chemistry. So (laughs) I quickly shifted gears in college and switched schools so that I could do a culinary arts program, which was much more hands-on cooking 
and much less chemistry. So I did graduate with a degree in culinary arts and food service management. That was the title of the degree. It was in the School of Nutrition and Dietetics. So that's a bit of the background, a bit of my schooling. But it was very cooking forward. And I was able to get a degree and minor in journalism, which was fun, and still cook. Very cool. After your education, where did your career start and where did it take you? So it started pretty immediately with kind of a lucky opportunity. Because I had switched universities, I had to do an internship after graduation in order to get my diploma, where usually people are doing an internship during their schooling. Most of my school colleagues were going into catering or working in big restaurants or interning in things like that. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to work in food service, but I did love cooking. So what did I have in front of me? I had to kind of find that out. And I asked my professors, who makes the food in these food magazines that I'm looking at? Food Appetit and Food and Wine and Fine Cooking. Who's the person that makes the food? And they didn't know they were chefs and nutritionists. And finally, one day, one of my professors came to me and said, I think they're food stylists. And I'd never heard the term food stylist. So I looked into that and realized that food stylists used glue for milk and Crisco cream. And I was like, wait, but that's not what I'm seeing in these magazines. So I did a little bit more research and realized that food magazines had test kitchens. And I thought maybe I could work in a test kitchen. And I ended up calling almost every food magazine in the country that had a test kitchen and asking if I could be an intern. And I got no's from every single one except Martha Stewart magazine. The director of the test kitchen said, well, you can come and interview and we'll see if you can be our intern. That was my opportunity. That was my path. And long story short, I flew out to New York and cooked for the test kitchen director and was a wild failure. But I talked my way into getting that opportunity and she said, yes, you can come and be our intern for a few months. And that's how I started. They ended up hiring me and I became a food editor. And then once that internship was finished, I didn't have to go back to school. So they could hire me and they hired me as a contractor for the next year and then offered me a position. And my first position other than intern and contractor was recipe developer. So I was creating recipes for Martha Stewart Living magazine and was one of the editors in the food department. I worked there for six years and was senior food editor by the time I left. And it was so fun. We were creating recipes. We were doing the food styling for the photo shoots. We were working really close with Martha Stewart and other departments in the magazine to create the beautiful content that was on the pages. What a great opportunity. It was fun. It was very cool and very hard and a learning experience. I can imagine. (laughs) That's really, really cool. Then you moved on to another magazine, right? Ladies Home Journal? I did. Yes. The magazine everyone's grandma read, right? So (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh I left Martha Stewart, did a few years of 
freelance food styling with brands and photographers all over the city for a few years, and then became the food director at Ladies Home Journal. So it's very similar job position. I had a test kitchen, I had assistant editors, and we were responsible for creating the recipes and the beautiful food content in Ladies Home Journal. So Ladies Home Journal was an interesting switch because it was what was considered one of the seven sister magazines. So you know, the 20th century had seven of these women's magazines, Good Housekeeping, Better Homes and Gardens, Red Book, Women's Day, and Ladies Home Journal, to name a few. And they all created content and wrote articles for the woman at home. And she was trying to manage her home, manage a family. Sometimes she worked. When I was at Martha Stewart, it was very fancy, a little bit out of people's reach. So it was fun. I was able to sort of shift my talents and career to more accessible recipes and food. And so I liked that switch. That's great. So in that role, what were some of the things that stretched you that were different from where you were before? In that role, I switched from being managed to being the manager. I think that was the biggest switch. At Martha Stewart, I always had a boss. As a freelancer, I was always working for someone telling me what they wanted me to do. And so at Ladies Home Journal, I was able to manage a department, be the expert in my field at that magazine. I liked that experience. I learned what it takes to be a good manager, how to communicate with my subordinates, how to give constructive criticism. I learned how to hire and fire and all of that stuff that comes with a management position. And those skills have still come in handy. Your whole process is, it seems like it's preparing you for the next steps and the next steps. Because after this, if I understand right, after this, you kind of went to sharing your own stuff online. What led you to start sharing recipes and branching out on your own a little bit? Yeah, I'll tell you what led me to going out on my own. Ladies Home Journal shut down. <laughs> so you quickly so, got <laughs> I was suddenly out of a job and it was a job that I had loved. Because I had had experience freelancing as a food stylist and recipe developer, I kind of knew what I liked and didn't like about freelancing. And so I picked what I liked. I loved recipe development. I loved working with brands. And so I started just doing some consulting after the magazine shut down. And I thought, hey, I like this. This is good. And I never thought about really creating my own business or even a blog. But over the years, people would continue to ask me, hey, where's that recipe for XYZ? Or do you have a recipe for this? Or I really liked that recipe in the magazine years ago. Can you share it with me? Because the magazine was out of print. So I decided I would create a space online where they could find those recipes. I called it a recipe website. It was a blog. (laughs) And there were already a lot of bloggers out there, but I thought, I don't want to be a blogger. I don't want to make that my thing. I was perfectly happy creating content for brands and doing food styling shoots and things like that. But I got more and more requests for my content and my recipes. And finally, I had a friend that sort of walked me through the steps of monetizing my food website. 
my recipe website and calling myself a blogger and creating a business around that platform. And it was new to me. I had to learn it all. Wow. And so is that your primary role now or are you doing the blog plus consulting? I would say right now it's about 50-50. So I still kept that consulting arm of my business because like I said, I really like that. I like the diversity. I like working with the different people and the different companies and brands. And it sort of keeps my job a little diverse. And then the other arm of my business is my blog and it is monetized and it does pay the rent. So I, I like having both. That's great. I suppose it was the blogging industry boom that is what shut down the magazine. I think a little bit. I think obviously there are magazines still in print and it's a big business and new ones are always popping up. However, if you think about it, Ladies Home Journal was a bit of a dated name and we had a lot of older readers. So what happened was the advertising world thought the median age of our reader was too old. They were going for younger people. And even though we had 12 million plus readers, they sort of started to pull out of advertising pages in that magazine. And yes, the blogging industry had boomed. And I think I came into it late. There were already bloggers that we were featuring in the pages of our magazines. But I think just as that magazine transitioned out of print and I got into the business, it was and it's still an emerging sort of space. Yeah, it's been really neat to see on, on our side of the table doing accounting and taxes and consulting, financial advice for these food bloggers to see the transition where advertisers are really putting their money in these blogs. It's created an opportunity for a lot of people. Yes, it has. And it's changed people's lives. It's changed the way the world does business, really. And all of the advertising and marketing companies, it has completely changed their business. And kudos to Mizuma because I came into this business and suddenly I'm running my own business instead of having a whole corporation behind me. And I had to take on, you name it, 20 different hats to wear during a day to run my business. And accounting was one of them. And that wasn't an acronym. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, it's it's one thing to be like, oh, this is fun to post recipes online. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you've got a business. What was that kind of transition like? And what were some of the unexpected things that took place along that journey? Yeah. What was it like? I feel like I'm still trying to figure it out. In terms of <laughs> yeah. um, there's something new every day that I think, oh my gosh, as a business owner, I need to be on top of that. But because I had freelanced a little bit, I knew what it meant to be my own business in a sense. But really when I decided to monetize my blog and to make that a business and to put a sort of a brand name on my business, that's where I started to take on a little bit more onus in owning a business and being an entrepreneur. And it happens step by step. There's incorporating or creating an LLC and then changing your taxes and separating your finances and what all of that looks like. So it happens slowly and as a process. And, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still changing systems. I'm still figuring out, do I have employees or do I just keep hiring contractors to help with my business? Things like that will always be evolving. 
we always used to think the same thing. It was like, oh, if we were, when we just get here, it's going to be totally different. And the only thing we're right about is it, it is totally different, but we're just, we're continuing to evolve and grow and build and it's always changing. It's a fun process. Yes. And new technologies are happening and new requirements in every aspect of our business and finance. So it's always changing. That's very cool. So what led you to publish a cookbook? Yeah, you kind of went back to your roots, I guess, a little bit. I did. And I have loved that part of it. Publishing is my background. Print publishing is my passion and background. And I knew enough about publishing to know that writing a cookbook was not a moneymaker. It is basically a marketing investment. There are very few people that make money on cookbooks. And even big names, you don't make a lot on cookbooks. However, they're a great marketing tool for a business. And so it took me quite a few years to decide, okay, I'm going to set aside time building my business to write a cookbook, create it, and then use it as a marketing tool. And I still am not sure if I regret that or I'm happy about it. I love my cookbook. My second cookbook is coming out in a few weeks. They have been great. They have grown my audience. They have made my followers more passionate and engaged with my recipes and my food and my content. And I have loved being able to share my expertise in a different way rather than just online where people might search for one recipe and then be gone. They get me and my tools and my recipes in their home. I guess the thing I just have to ask her is how do you juggle it all? You're doing the consulting, you're doing the cookbook, you're doing the blog. You probably have a personal life. You have a personal life. and, And then I'm just looking at all of this and it seems huge to me and a lot to handle. How do you do it? Oh, wow. I must be doing something right if you think I have all the balls in the air. But what you don't see is behind me on the floor is like a hundred balls that I've dropped. My comment to my friends and my family every day is I can't get to everything. I can't finish everything. I can't accomplish everything that it takes to run a business and a consulting business and a blog and write cookbooks and do it all. So there are always balls that are dropping. And I think it's just learning which balls drop or as we say, which thing goes on the back burner and then eventually you get to it or eventually your business changes enough that you can focus on something or change to another. And that's always a challenge for me. And I just, I feel like I'm always putting fires out. I'm just doing business with the hot topics and the things that must get done. Yeah. That's good advice. Yes. It's reality, right? I think right. <laughs> you look at my Instagram and it looks really delicious and beautiful, but that's how everyone's business kind of looks. And I'm in a lucky position because often I have to say no to clients because I don't have time to take them on. But it has helped me learn how to hire for certain projects and manage things in a different way. And then the next time the client comes and asks for work, I can say, absolutely, I'll get my team on that or I'll manage it this way. So many times from a small business owner's perspective, you look at other people's business and you think like everything just is running smooth and social media looks good. Their website looks great. They just look like they have it all figured out. And you feel like you don't have anything figured out because you've got 
just stuff going everywhere all the time, right? You're not organized. You're just trying to do your best. We've talked to enough people now to know that those people that you're looking at, thinking that they have it all figured out or looking at you thinking you have it all figured out. And in reality, nobody really knows what they're doing. We're all just trying to do our best. And hopefully this works out in the end. Yes, yes. We're just kind of peering into everyone's circus act, right? And thinking, hey, that looks really fun and awesome. But (laughs) behind the scenes, sometimes it's a bit of a mess. And I think we all learn from each other that way, right? We can say, hey, that looks like a really smooth process for that person. Let me figure out how they're doing it or ask them. And I think in our different communities of business, when people are transparent and helpful with each other, it just brings everyone else up and you at the same time. It's rising boats. The tide brings up all rising boats. And if we help each other, then we're able to grow as well. Yep. That's yeah. very true. Very true. And great advice for all business owners. Thank you so much for your time with us today. And it's been great to get to know you and, and to know what you've got going on and what experiences you've had. Tara, what is it that keeps you going every day as a small business owner? I think what keeps me going is finding things that I still enjoy about my business and focusing on those and trying to get back to those things that I enjoy. There's always going to be so much work that I don't like and business management and all of that stuff. But being able to do what I love and make a living is what keeps me going. Wonderful. That's good. Well, thanks for being on. My biggest takeaway today is that the way that I cook is right. And my wife, (laughs) she doesn't need to to test it. You've already tested it through the kitchen. And so it's been through the ringer. We can just do the recipe. So thanks for clarifying that. What I want to see is you guys get my cookbook and each take the same recipe and make it your way. And we'll see what happens. Uh, All right. And the cookbook, if I remember, is live life deliciously or something. I think we might even have a cookbook. This out is Live Life Deliciously, which you can live your life deliciously with it. Just And then my second cookbook is Delicious Gatherings. Oh, awesome. Cool. All right. We'll be looking forward. Well, Terry, you're awesome. And thanks so much for being on. This is really yes. cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, listeners, for joining us today. If you or someone you know would like to share your small business story, please go to mazumausa.com slash keep going and fill out the form at the bottom of the page. And if you are looking for tax advice for your small business, be sure to join our Keep Going Facebook group and check out our website at mazumausa.com. Thank you.